and welcome back to the Short Stay Virtual Summit. I'm your host, Elaine Watts. Now, my next guest is Top Hog Humphrey. Now, Humphrey joins me from Godhog Tech, the data-driven intelligence platform focused on insurance, trust, safety, and security in the short stay industry. Humphrey Bowles, how are you doing? I'm very good, Elaine. Thank you for having another chat with me. Always love speaking to you. <laughs> oh, thanks. Same with you. I really appreciate you coming to spend some time and just share some of your knowledge in this industry, which of course is insurance. So tell us a little bit about you and your background and how you got started in this industry, first of all. Okay, so Guardhog is a well-known and now award-winning insurance provider. Uh, we've achieved rapid scale and growth by filling the gap in the short stay accommodation market. And in 2019, we provided protection for 700,000 plus properties, hosts and guests all around the world. And at Guardhog, we work with over 300 short stay accommodation partners from affiliation to integration. And Guardhog has ensured that insurance is no longer a barrier to participation. And that is a very different world from when I started Guardog, and indeed when I started in the short stay sector. Uh, so I joined the home sharing revolution back in 2011, and I helped grow one of the first home sharing platforms and use that as a springboard to then launch Guardog after identifying insurance as a significant barrier to participation. And my motivation has always been to tackle these important but overlooked problems and I love a challenge in tackling the big issue, issues faced within the short stay community. And that, that's what we're doing. Although I can't claim to have a cure for COVID. So the, the biggest issue the industry is facing is still unsolved so far. Yeah, um, quite, most definitely. It's, it's certainly a very unusual situation that we're finding ourselves in at the moment. So, so let's have a look what has actually been happening in the short stay industry from an insurance perspective. So there's going to be a lot of accommodation providers that have found themselves in extremely different situations from what they were expecting to find themselves in at this time of year. Certainly it's changed rapidly over the last six to seven weeks. I mean, six, seven weeks, is just not a long period of time. And yet so much has happened. So let's have a look at, first of all, what sort of insurances will remain the same? So what risks remain the same? So how should a host or accommodation provider already be insuring themselves when anyone stays in their properties? So for your, for your normal insurance, you'll have buildings and contents and public liability, and that insurance will remain as is. So the buildings and contents will cover you in case uh, damage is caused by a unforeseen event like a storm, and that causes a tree to fall in through the front room of the house. That will cover you and it will stay the same. And then for paying guests, uh, if you are lucky enough to have people staying with you, I know with Guardhog, we're doing lots of work right now with NHS homes, and we are providing free cover for those uh, great NHS workers staying in the properties. So free cover for them, free cover for their hosts. Um, wow. We know that you know that those those risks are, are going to be taken care of. So really no one needs to do anything different the the risks are all as they normally are just you're not having paying guests coming and staying in your properties yeah absolutely so 
someone who's got an empty property, they aren't someone that has taken in a key worker and their property is sitting empty at the moment. What risks are there to an empty property and how can somebody make sure that they're doing whatever they can to, to just keep that place safe and make sure they don't actually have to make a claim on any insurance? So mo most insurance policies will have a clause hidden away in some deep subsection telling you that your property should not left, be left unoccupied for more than a, a certain period of time. Normally, it's around 30 days, but it could be as short as two weeks or it could be as long as 90 days. The best thing to do is to speak to your insurance provider, tell them about the situation, and then listen to what they say and act on what they tell you. I'm pretty sure most insurance providers will be understandable that if it's not your main home, if it's not there for um, emergency travel uh, or necessary travel, then they will be okay with that property staying, uh, staying vacant. Yes, because you essentially are unable to stick within the terms of your insurance at the moment. So yes, first yes. port of call, ring up, make sure you have that conversation rather than just letting it ride through and finding out that your insurance might not actually cover you anymore just because of that one phone call not having made uh, taken place. Potentially, it might be an automatic thing, but... Completely. But I mean, you know, moving, moving forward, um, especially when we're looking at this from an accommodation provider's point of view, there are many things that these businesses are going to need to consider when it comes to COVID. Um, and, and probably the most important one uh, for all hosts and short-stay accommodation providers is this liability. And unfortunately, we have to start from the position that if we assume that liability risk arises whenever COVID-19 is transmitted in a commercial setting, and particularly when the business may have negligently failed to take appropriate precautions to protect their workers, employees, customers, and their families, then, you know, for the businesses, it is really important that they are speaking to their business insurers and understanding what they are and what they are not covered for because the, 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 the risk is exposure and then you then need to kind of assume that family members will also become infected and all together these will then bring claims against the workers employer or company who organize the state and these types of claim would involve significant defense costs and potentially of causing death very large payouts yeah, so the, the most important thing is that people are taking the risk seriously and then they're documenting what they're doing documenting what necessary steps they're taking to prevent it and you know these can be anything from the really basic such as doing a risk assessment of the property um all the way through to doing a full declutter, putting in uh, remoteless entry, not doing in-person meet and greets, not doing mid-stay cleans, uh, ensuring periods of time before and after each booking, uh, 48 hours, 72 hours before someone else comes in to really be able to demonstrate that as a business, 
you are taking sensible steps to mitigate your potential liability in case um, you know you you are on the receiving end of a lawsuit. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it's such a, a big question. And have insurance providers been asked to provide cover for travellers wanting to insure themselves against getting the virus? So from the, the guest perspective, are they coming in with insurance? Is that something that's on the horizon? Or is that one side of it, it that could happen? And then on the other side of things, from our perspective as owners and accommodation providers, we need to be speaking to our insurers to see if that will be covered as part of our usual liability, business liability cover. So yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, Elaine, we've got to be, we've got to be pretty clear that COVID-19 exposure is still pretty poorly understood. Um, and therefore, you know, me, everyone loves giving estimates and guessing, you know, what, what, what could or is not going to happen. But these guesses, very wildly and the only thing that is sure is that this is a pretty unprecedented situation and therefore it's likely to lead to unprecedented activity and when we're looking at the insurance industry there are already murmurings of you know pretty massive legal activity both directly in the economy and also in the insurance industry so you know for the for insurers the current crisis really has the potential to become the largest mass tort event since asbestos, um, but with claims concentrated in a much shorter time frame. Um, I think they face the immense challenge of forecasting their exposure to the pandemic against an involving backdrop of political and legal policy making, where they are going to be pushed to do something. So for all those guys who have taken out business interruption insurance, just don't assume that because your insurer has said, no, we're not going to cover that, that actually you're, you're, you should give up hope. I mean, you should really start pushing for them to take action because um, although most insurance policies do not cover viruses, um, you, you have got some quite strong you are in quite a strong position when it comes to actually um, working with the government, working with the regulator in order to make a successful claim with them. Yeah, that's really interesting to, to hear that side of it. And just from having talked this through with you, you can see how many, how, how complicated this could get really from an insurance perspective. So the, the questions that that has opened up to me as a, as a provider, yes, I want to be making sure that I'm showing the guest that's coming to stay that I've taken the steps to make sure the property has been cleaned thoroughly along the new protocols to cover COVID-19 that, that maybe quality and tourism, Deborah Heather is talking about in, as part of the, the short stay summits. Definitely make sure you check her, her talk out, anyone who's listening. But equally, what about the people who are actually coming into my property to clean that property? Am I also liable to make sure that they are protected because they're coming into potentially a place that there, there is a possibility of infection because they're there pre-clean when yes, the bugs are. are potentially there so yes yes you are it is you you as an employer or um uh, yeah you as an employer are responsible for the well-being of your staff 
and therefore you need to be able to look after them and demonstrate the steps you've taken in order to look after your stuff um and and you know using the word unprecedented again you know this is this is a massive challenge that is going to face the short stay sector however on the balance of it the sector is in a much stronger place than other hospitality sectors so you know being a it is possible to put measures in it does affect revenue it does affect occupancy but it is possible to to manage our way through it as effectively as possible okay so that that then opens up the other question as an employer that makes complete sense so if i've got a contractor coming in uh, to clean uh, is there a crossover of liability there am i potentially liable even though they will most likely have assessed the risks themselves and they will have their own insurance is that another insurable risk moving forward no so your so think? your your contractors will um will be responsible for themselves so you know as long as you are not uh willfully exposing them uh to something which you know you've given them all the information and then they have accepted the job then um you're you will be fine or if they are employed by uh, uh you know a cleaning company has its own own staff then then those guys would would go to their employer but you could expect their employer to make demands on you in order to make sure that their employees are safe. Right, understood. Okay, so it's, it's going to involve a lot of talking to one another and making sure everybody's clear. Anybody that's involved in any changeover or bringing in of cleaning companies or linen changes, guests leaving, we're going to have to want our guests to be very open and transparent with us as well everyone needs a plan everyone needs to have a plan they need to think it through work it through and then execute it and um the most important thing is in order to reduce that liability risk is to document it have it written down somewhere even if it's on the back of an envelope have it noted have it minuted have it written down and then and then work off that plan understood yeah really interesting thank you for for talking that through because it, it it can get very complicated can't it and it's been good to sort of air that and and try and figure out what is the best way forward for us and i guess that's made me think as well about the shared accommodation versus completely whole home accommodation which of course the shared accommodation is where the likes of the massive companies that are out there airbnb originally started um, that's another insurance risk, of course. I mean, obviously at the moment that can't happen, but moving forwards, if, do you think that that may well be the end of shared accommodation because of all these risks? Uh, no, I don't actually. I think, uh, I think the, the, I guess, yeah, I think, I guess when we're looking at kind of the landscape and, and what is going to transpire into the future, I think that you're, you're well, you're faced with a, a number of different things, aren't you? Um, I'm going to end up answering your question in a fairly long-winded way. That's fine. Um, <laughs> I mean, I think, um, you know, first, you know, we're not in control of this event. So, um, you know, we're riding the tiger. And the only thing we can do is hang on. And then secondly, this means things are just not going to snap back. Um, I really don't think that the V is going to happen. I think this is going to be a capital L recovery 
over a very prolonged period of time. And then I guess we're then looking at domestic tourism is obviously going to be more important for picking up new bookings in the short, medium and long term. And this means a different approach is going to be needed if you are more focused on business or leisure, urban or rural. And then you need to layer in age because age is going to be a key factor into this recovery. Uh, so Gen Z overtook millennials at the end of last year as being the most influential um, generation uh, online. And these two groups appear to be the least likely affected by the virus, which is really, really good news. And um, Elaine, I don't, uh, uh, I'm, I'm sure you don't know this, but we, we surveyed 2,000 of these uh, Gen Z guys last week. And 64% of them said they would not stay in a hotel post-COVID because of social distancing. Right. And we then need to layer in cash. I think everyone agrees that we're, we're all going to be poorer because of COVID. And lower incomes for potentially years to come mean that everyone is going to be looking for better value travel. And it's here that... I come back to your question because I think it's here where we start to find the green shoots of revival for the original home sharing boom, for the original Airbnbs, where you get that good value because you are staying with someone else, because you're staying with someone else's home. And I think that whether it is an annex or a separate part of the building or uh, upstairs set of rooms or some some little self-contained section of a property i think that that is going to be where a lot of value is going to be found i think that when you're looking at uh, the, the you know uh, properties which are available 24 7 we could see a, a swing back to them going on down the long let route uh, and them only using short stays to fill that uh, latent occupancy in between long-term rentals, which I think we would all agree is a, um, would, would help find the balance between regulation and, um, and, and using the sector to, to, you know, just turn into Airbnb hotels in the middle of cities. Um, so no, I, I'm actually quite positive about that size of the market. I think that size of the, the, the market of more traditional Airbnb um, rentals is, is, is very potentially going to be where one of the strongest points are. Um, I think that the, the, the face-to-face interaction is, is going to be less important for longer-term bookings. I mean, for long-term bookings for, for, for these, you know, buy-to-let landlords. But ultimately, being reassured that, you know, you're still getting an experience that the, your, your host is having you to stay in the first place, I think will still be a perfectly great way to go and stay with people. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, very, very interesting. Yeah, abs- I see just from, from having spoken to so many people over the last few days, I think you're absolutely right. The destinations and close by, it's really, really going to be extremely important that we're marketing those destinations and the reasons why people want to come to them. So even without that face-to-face contact, we're still able to provide an experience and share what's so good about our, our local areas and low cost, absolutely. We're, all look, we're going to be looking for value and the way to get the most value to stay somewhere lovely 
is to stay with another family. But yes, you know, uh, sharing a room or uh, a bed in someone's main home where their main family are, I would imagine, you know, that side of things will drop off a little bit. But, you know, that self-contained accommodation at someone's real home, that, that, should, do, that should be great. And especially when you're looking at a user group where, um, you know, they are not so affected by COVID as others. I think they, they are going to be the ones where, um, you know, we, we will start to see a pickup in bookings. Interesting. Thanks for, for sharing your perspective on that as well, because you've obviously got a different perspective because you're coming from the insurance background and there must be an awful lot of conversations going on at the moment. You've clearly been involved in reading a lot of stats and finding out exactly what's going on about, out there. So, so thank you for that. It's really interesting. Do you know what, do you know what Elaine? Just can I, can I jump in there? Because of course. I, find, I find that really interesting. So, you know, when it, when it comes to... Um, insurance you know i don't really have an insurance background um I, I i came from the world of home sharing went into insurance to solve a problem but i very much okay. feel that i have a home sharing background and i think that's really important because i've never really seen insurance as the total solution to trust and safety in itself in this space i mean it is a really key part of the landscape for sure and it's but its purpose, you know, is very much only to kick in when everything else has failed. And do you know, do you know what um, that makes insurance, from my point of view, it makes it pretty suboptimal because only kicking in when something awful has happened doesn't deal with the problem in the first place. I mean, yes, it is really necessary, but there's a total solution. It's actually pretty crap. Um, and you know, there, I've admitted it to you, <laughs> insurance by itself is far from ideal. But what's interesting is um, that's why we've been taking our insight from insuring the sector, and we insured you know, those 700,000 properties last year, and then focused our tech on prediction and prevention. Because our, our mission is to create a future where it's easier for everyone to make better decisions with the short stay industry when they're choosing where to go and stay. Is it safe? Will the host have done a proper clean? Is the guest coming? Are they likely to be misrepresenting themselves in order to stay at my property? And we call this Superhog. Um, so, you know, Superhog is a really exciting part of what we're doing. And in terms of moving insurance forward, um, we see Superhog, our you know, global platform, providing unique real-time information on properties, hosts, and guests within the sector as a really key way of actually meaning you no longer need insurance to operate safely in the short-stay accommodation sector. Interesting. So what you're saying is that the, the insurance is kind of a, a band-aid if it's used that way as like the last catch-all the last net for when everything else has gone wrong but actually what you want to be focused on and what the industry should be focused on is raising standards so that insurance is really the last thing after everything else has been fixed or made yeah, com better completely like we don't believe you need insurance in this space we think if you get to insurance something has gone wrong 
which could have been prevented. And we think after ensuring, you know, four years in this space and covering, you know, millions of nights, that actually we have built a new platform, built Superhog, which by the way is backed by one million pounds of Guardhog insurance. So you get all the benefits of insurance, but we focused instead on that prediction and prevention. So, you know, for accommodation providers, we actually now offer a really, you know, cost-effective one-stop trust and safety solution. And um, we will help people stop these incidents happening in the first place. And what's more than that, we're able to demonstrate benefits for both hosts and guests. So hopefully we can help these guys demonstrate that they have done their risk management when it comes to COVID. They have done their, um, you know, their, their, their safety inspections and planning. And we provide all of these as free tools for them within the platform. So they can then get their property certified. They can hold them up. Again, it is free, but it allows them to demonstrate they've taken sensible steps to mitigate the risk. That's amazing. I love it. That sounds fantastic. So, so how would somebody that is wanting to look at making sure they've got the right insurance and wants to, to really learn and use Superhog, how would they go about that? How do they access it and use it as a tool? So we are, uh, we're, we're launching Superhog this week, which is why it's a, a, a lovely time to, to talk to you about it. Um, if you go to www.superhog.com, uh, and if anyone is wondering, Superhog stands for Super Hosts or Guests, because it is both for hosts or guests. It is not for one or the other. It is for the whole community. Um, and if you're a business, then uh, please get in touch. Uh, probably hello at superhog.com is the best way of getting in touch. And then you can speak to one of the team about working with us to help make your community safer. Uh, it's a little bit of a a silly analogy maybe but i like to think of superhog as the clownfish of the uh the the short stay accommodation reef we're helping clean up everyone else's doo-doo um in the most effective and easy and um uh kind of compliant way brilliant oh that's a great analogy i love it (laughs) thank you no that that sounds um I'm really glad that we spoke because just hearing that other side of it and how you're going to be able to be part of what needs to happen within the industry, which is the raising of standards and just allowing people to have the information to do that and to really prove that they're doing that, I think is going to be key moving forward. So to to hear that you're launching that this week, perfect time. No, well, look, you know, we want to make a difference. We want to help hosts and guests stand out We want to help them act with conviction. We want to help them make better decisions. And that's why we've been focusing on our tech and building this cross-platform, cross-sector solution. And I have to say, like, the best thing is by focusing on the prediction and prevention, we're able to drive down the cost of insurance in the sector because we're able to demonstrate you don't need insurance because you're able to prevent things going wrong if you take these sensible steps. And then by stopping the incidents in the first place, we're actually able to help everyone create better experiences for people, reduce fraud, chargebacks, remove the bad actors and rotten apples. And all of that helps make the sector become a much more integrated and uh, kind of part of the everyday life. 
Amazing. Yeah, that's summed it up perfectly. <laughs> I'm, I'm all questioned out. <laughs> you, did, you did a great job. Humphrey, thank you. It, you really, really did describe that brilliantly. And, and just to hear about Super, I mean, I'm really, really excited to hear, hear that and to, to share it. I think such a sensible and well thought out route forwards in these times. So amazing. Thank you for, for coming to spend some time with us today. It's very much appreciated. And for sitting in the garden and sharing those birds with us as well. It's been lovely background. It's a pleasure. <laughs> appreciate that. <laughs> All right. So just a quick reminder before we go, the address for Superhog, please, so people can get in touch and take a look. So help at superhog.com. Perfect. Thank you. Humphrey, Hopefully I'll get to see you in the not too distant future. It's been a pleasure and super excited about Superhog. And thanks for being part of the Short Stay Virtual Summit. I'll see you soon. That's a pleasure. Take care. Bye Cheers. Bye, bye for now. Bye.